0: So here we go. Hello, Latinos in Clinical Research. Welcome to our March webinar slash Zoom. It's not really a webinar, more of a Zoom. Webinars are so outdated. It's all about, no, it's all about face to face. You know, uh, uh, this is what it's all about. This is 2021, guys. We have Topaz Clinical Research and Dr. Gutierrez, the principal investigator from Topaz Clinical Research. We're gonna talk to her because it's not that often we get a PI's experience. You know, they're based out of uh, a suburb in Orlando. I'm gonna mispronounce the name. Uh, why don't you Marjorie uh, <laughs> pronounce the city that you guys are in?
1: We are in Apopka, Florida, which is That's north of hard.
0: Orlando. That's not that hard. <laughs> That's not that hard to say. Okay, Apopka, Florida, north of Orlando. Ahora te llamo. Yes. So basically, (laughs) uh, this is a really good site. Marjorie, why don't you give like a background as to your site, how long you've been around, how you met Dr. Gutierrez, what kind of patients you treat, and then we want to get into all kinds of stuff like retention. I think you guys are really good at retention uh, from our discussions. So why don't you take it away, uh, Marjorie?
1: Okay, well, I actually uh, established Topaz Clinical Research in 2016. And um, pretty much sat on it um, for about two years until Carla came along. I was waiting on my grandbaby to be born. So, oh, um, uh, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So March, of, I believe it was March 2018 is when we actually said, okay, we're going to get going. And we got our first study, which was an Alzheimer's study. So we do um, clinical research from Alzheimer's. I mean, we do geriatrics to pediatrics. And this is where Dr. Gutierrez comes in because she is our pediatric. Um yeah. principal investigator. And um, so, I mean, this is something that we wanted to do. We wanted to be um, multidisciplinary. We wanted to bring, um, you know, we also multicultural, diverse. This is what we wanted to bring to this area of, Orla- of Orange County. Um, we noticed that most of the research sites were located in Orlando. Um, and that's all you ever heard was Orlando, Central Florida was considered Orlando. And so when I moved up here, I came up from Miami Um, In 2016, I noticed that there was this whole area here that there is nothing happening here and we are actually connected to three different counties. We have, um, I think Volusia is pretty close. We have um, Seminole County and we have um, um,
2: Orange Orange County. And we have
1: all these towns around us and there was no clinical research. Not only was there no clinical research happening in this area, but there was no Hispanics in this area and there was nothing bilingual happening all of the central Florida sites at that moment were doing all of their studies in English. Um, recently we've noticed that there are more people moving up here opening up research sites and saying they're bilingual which is good um, because there's more than enough for everybody but um so hold on I'm trying to see where, where are we here.
0: Um, we're yeah you're, you guys are great I mean you're right yeah. in the front and center so
1: but, <laughs> but um anyway so that's that's who we are. So we are here in Apaca and Dr. Gutierrez joined us I I believe soon pretty, after pretty much in the beginning. And yeah. from the beginning. And how did you I guess meet that's her? what we're going to ask her.
0: How, how <laughs> did you meet such a great such a great uh PI? Like what did you guys do? What's the magic? How did you meet her?
1: Well, that was that was the, the questions that we were going to do. See, I had them ready. So we were going <laughs> to ask right. because to tell you the truth, I sat there talking to her the other day and I was like, when did we meet Dr. Gutierrez? I really can't remember because, you know, it feels like we've known each other a long time. Right. Um, and so so those were the types of questions I was going to ask her. And I know that we've kind of had those types of questions that we, we mentioned in the past.
0: So when that um, happens, that means that you hit it off like right away when that happens where you can't remember where you met. From my experiences, yeah. that's what that usually means.
1: Yes.
2: I yes. think, so. I, yeah, think yeah. I
1: think that that's what happened. And um, you know, we just we just love having having her here. We're we're expanding to a pediatric office, so we are opening up a pediatric office. And Dr. Gutierrez is going to be our doctor for the pediatric office. Um, we're gonna, do, you know, our business is going to be um, a little bit different. So it's not that you know you you're going to see your patients in 10 minutes. However, time she needs to be with her patients, that's how we're going to establish our timelines with with patients. So we want to <coughs> do things a little bit different. Um, and, and this is something hopefully we'll continue to grow together.
0: So, all right, good. So what's the, um, so what was the first study you guys got as we welcome Nancy Lockhart, uh, to the zoom? What's the first study you got? How difficult was it to get? Um, you know, what's the challenges with the PI? I'm assuming Dr. Gutierrez, was this your first experience with research with Topaz?
2: Yes. Um. Yes.
3: So this uh, this was back in 2017,
2: I think. Yeah, I think it might have been like yeah, 17, time, 18, Yeah,
3: 17. I, I was just um I graduated 2010 from pediatrics. I've been working mostly in the outpatient clinical setting, so doing newborns to 18 years old, but mostly the office setting. Um. At that time, I was uh, struggling with um career and family. And struggling with the timelines and the time restraints, seeing patients, trying to give good medical care, but also completing a medical record, finishing all my paperwork on time. My daughters were sometimes over 10 hours in daycare. So I was trying to see what was out there for a physician where I can use my clinical experience and not being um, subjected to these long hours and can be a balance between being a mom, which I love, and being a pediatrician. And that's when I Google it. <laughs> <And> I Google <laughs> non-clinical physician jobs. And it was a diabetic study. So that immediately um, catch my attention because it was diabetes in children. It was a novel medication. And I wanted to see what what was that about. I remember that I scrolling down to see, oh, probably the requirements are going to be, I have to have a master in clinical research. i going to have to have X, uh, some years of clinical <laughs> experience, um, clinical research experience. But then it was all, you know, physician with a license board certified. <laughs> so I applied and
1: Marjorie contacted me. Yeah, because we were you know, that's that was a question that I know that we've always talked about. So how do we reach that naive?
0: Um, Where did
1: you post? So we posted. Indeed, I think we posted yes. on Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't even think that we said, we'll train or we'll do anything like that. It was just basics. This is what we need. Yes. Um, and exactly. like she said, <laughs> she was at that, that period of her life. Um, so yes, one of the questions like that amazing. we had was when she saw that ad, yes. what, I mean, besides just that, I mean, why, what attracted you to want to do clinical research? Why did you respond to a
3: clinical research um, so I haven't heard or experienced in clinical research. It's, so, it's something that we always wonder, you know, how this works, how, how it happens. You know, you think about you have to be writing a lot of stuff or maybe just writing papers or reading a lot of papers. And, and I always wonder how everything works. So when that popped out, to tell you the truth, that's the first time that I even thought I would consider doing clinical research. And then that's when I started looking for information. And then when Marjorie contacted me, I immediately say you know, I have no experience. I would love to know more about this. And then she gladly said, no problem. I can, I can teach you everything I
4: know.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. I'm getting questions. Can you talk? Yes. If you have something, (laughs) just talk. You can unmute yourself and talk. Um, I think Mari Mayorga. Mayorga. We want to get to the questions. And also, if you want to chat, we'll read the questions. (laughs) Maybe me or Monica or somebody will read the questions uh, for the ones that don't want to talk. But the ones that want to talk, of course, let's get you guys. Let's hear from you guys.
5: Hi, Dan and Monica. How are you? Hi. Doing great. <laughs> Wonderful to <laughs> see you. It's very <laughs> impressive about Dr. Gutierrez. Talk about you know the amazing opportunity and in the same bold heard. And for me, it's very hard to get into clinical research. You are very lucky and blessed. So, where are you from?
3: From Puerto Rico.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's amazing because you know what? I always trying to get into clinical research as Dan and Monica knows me. And it's very hard. I don't know, it's because I'm in Cleveland and the space is so small, but I always posting, following people, doing that, doing here, but it's, it's so difficult. And you know, it depends it and I don't have experience. It's it's very hard to get an int. I send my C V everywhere. Uh, and 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 still waiting.
3: Yeah, and that's what my perception was as well. So that's why um if if he hadn't popped up probably I wouldn't even be um here right now, because I didn't know, I thought I had to study for doing this, or I had to have the, the experience to doing this and um, um, looking for me, um, it, it happened. This
1: did, way. did you have any fears? When you first started,
3: yes. I that yeah, So that was the first barrier. My first fear, not knowing, you know, I didn't know what my responsibilities were going to be if I was going to be able to of do course. it. But I, I remember the first time we sat together, we you know I came here and I was very scared because I knew the question was going to come, you know, how much do you know what you can do about clinical research. And then um, we just sat in a circle We started talking, getting to know each other, very informal, very nice. And then Marjorie and Carla were really upfront to me and they told me, okay, this is my background. I have all this experience in clinical research. I've been working here. I've been working with that. I can help you. If you want to um, continue to grow in this field, I can definitely help you. And when I heard that they actually had the experience that I was lacking, <laughs> for me it was reassuring. Very
5: blessed, I would <laughs> say blessed,
3: no lucky. And very blessed, that's right. <laughs> And the that other took- thing is that also um, the support, because um, she, from the start, they always told me, okay, so I'm gonna be the administrative, the clerical, that's the thing that I didn't know about, that I was so um, afraid about that because I didn't know anything about that. So they told me, no, these wow. responsibilities, I'm gonna be doing this, Carla's gonna be doing that, your is gonna be doing this, all this background that goes on that I don't know about what you have to do. She told me, you know, you need to know about this, you need to do this training, you need to know these codes. you need to know your um, protocol, you need to know your responsibilities and your, and that's what you're concentrating. And when I knew that I'm gonna have all this support and I can be concentrating in what I know I can do, that is the clinical part. That's the, the reason that I said, okay, definitely I can do this. And so far, so good. Yeah, <laughs> that was <laughs> wonderful. Because
1: nice. she, she has to trust us, right? Because we That's have to cool. show her that we can do our part because, you know, ultimately she is in charge of the studies. She is the, the doctor in charge. and sh- It is her license. Mm-hmm. So the last thing we would ever want to oh, do is to yeah. affect her in a negative way. But we have to do our part. So we're very upfront about this is what we do. This is your responsibility, but this is our responsibility too. And my responsibility as a site owner is that I'm going to make sure that the staff that's here is doing this, this, and this, and this. So, so there has to be a trust on both sides. So, you know, she, we want her to work with us because that's how we get our studies. But she also has to know that when she walks out the door, we're doing our job Mm -hmm. and that she can trust us to make sure that we're doing our job. Um, and I think that that's where a, a lot of the fear comes, where uh, you're naive in the industry. But how do you know who these people are? Yeah. Who, you know, how can you trust us? I mean, you're expecting a lot from the doctors to say here, trust us, we're going to do this. She doesn't know who we were, so that's why we were very upfront. This is what we do. And Dr. Gutierrez, you can be as involved as you want to be or not. And she's very involved. I mean, we're looking at charts. We're looking. There's a lot of oversight from her part. Um, and then we also have another doctor who he's like, ah, I'm good. You know, he knows mm-hmm. our nurse, but he knows the nurse is always going to take care of him. so he's good. He's like, I, I don't need to look at that. So I give the opportunity to, you could be as involved as you want to. You can sit here. You can look at every chart. You could be here a day and night. If you want to, or you don't have to, So mm-hmm. these are the options yes. that we give her so that she feels comfortable coming to our site and working with us. Wonderful. Um,
5: nice
6: okay. team congratulations I a, yeah i have a question <laughs> if you compare oh hello my name is Monica <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay so my question is if you compare what the idea that you have how rich research was and the reality uh how what was what the what's the difference
3: completely different.
6: <laughs>
3: so the experience that I have, of course, is when we do our training as a pediatrics, yes. we have to publish, you know, under one of the attending. So but I remember struggling, finding pieces that were significant or uh, struggling to writing a method. That's what I thought clinical research was, okay, that I have to do that part. And I actually, completely different. I didn't know that I was going to be hands-on, you know, touching children, seeing children, interacting with them. I think I thought it was completely different, all clerical, all administrative in the back. And that's another, of course, barrier for me that I, I didn't know. I think okay. I had absolutely no idea.
6: I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> and then my, my next question is, and uh, when you learn about the reality and, and, uh, and then also the responsibilities that you had as a principal investigator did that scare you
3: not not at all um especially when i know that if i um learn my protocol i expect the outcomes and i um um i am uh, committed to the study and to the patients and to make sure that they do well and they understand what's going on then um I was more afraid, actually, of the administrative, like I said, and clerical part. than <laughs> The PI, actually, yeah, because I thought, okay, as long as I do my research and I know what I'm going to be uh, treating these patients or what I'm going to be giving to them, and what can I expect, then it's not it's not that hard. No, definitely not that hard. Okay.
6: okay. And if, if you were going to speak with some, like, let's say, another peer, another doctor uh, about clinical trials, what would you tell them?
3: Amazing! <laughs> 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 oh, <that's laughs> to be on the verge of all these novel things that are coming, to know what's out there being investigated that you don't know. As a doctor, you are um, just treating or using based on experience, but you know, being using evidence or what you're doing, and actually know that you can talk to the, fac- the patients and this is a novel treatment. This is top of the line. What's coming? It's going to be the future. You know, it's uh, very exciting. I don't see going back, you
2: know, and not including clinical research in my future, because it's absolutely um, very, very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so would you would you say that you feel like, um, you know, from a PI perspective, but also your own personal perspective, would you say that, you know, coming from a clinical background, and then now doing clinical research, do you feel that you have more, um, you're making more of a difference in yes. the clinical aspects?
3: Exactly, and the excitement and that you can see from the beginning to the end how they respond how grateful they are um mm-hmm. how this that wasn't supposed to be used for it's working you know all this stuff the fulfillment the excitement is great i love being a pediatrician great. i will never stop being a pediatrician i would love to have all day just for one patient that i can <laughs> sit with them talk with them eat with them and spend the day with them but definitely in the balance that I need for my life at home and my career and the excitement that I get from here, I would say that for now, yes, this is it.
4: <laughs> Wonderful. Have I have a, yeah, I have a question. This is Judy. Um, so the patients that you do work with in the clinical trials, um, are they usually from um, advertisements or within where you work some of your patients pr- prior because I know you don't have the, a clinic yet or is it a combination of both? Um, where, where do you get your patients for the, the children's studies?
3: So that's with where great stuff come in because most of them are for advertising, fairs, um, mm-hmm. radio, all these kinds of uh, talk about clinical research and uh, let them know that we are here, that we're doing this and uh, that um, I am here, that I'm overseeing everything. But that's the other step that we want to take. We want to have these patients, but we want to continue following them and and that they stay with us since they gain that trust to Mm -hmm. come to the clinical research. They also stay for their basic care as well so that's where we're going to take the next step to see if we can also have the pediatric clinic here and also continue to doing the research um with these patients too yeah
4: and and one extra thing
1: that I know that Dr. Guterres does that I know that other doctors have not done I mean we've we've gotten um to the point where some people say I'm not sure if I want to participate and Dr. Guterres will literally she's driving down the road she's like put the mom on the phone with me she'll (laughs) sit there and she'll talk to them about it, both in English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and just explain what's going to be happening. And the fact that, you know, you, I will be caring for your child, I will be caring for you and you know, any information. So she's taken that extra step that, makes a, um, that yeah. makes a difference where she's literally if you know, we want to talk to them, or we can say, mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to talk to the doctor, and she's made herself available for us. So that's so I think that that's made a difference in bringing in patients and also in retaining our patients.
2: Mm-hmm amazing very important yes so when so
7: when you all record that video encouraging people or explaining <laughs> why people should participate in clinical research in spanish dr gutierrez is going to make a cameo <laughs>
2: <laughs> we hope so <laughs> i'm just saying
0: yeah. a physician's input
1: yeah would definitely yeah. help yeah. the
0: video yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes we, we've definitely talked about it and that's why we, we we're kind of sitting in this setting too because um you know, we want everybody to see that we're comfortable with each other. It's not like we're, we're not being all official either. And that's what you're going to get also when you're here with your child. Um, when you come to our site, not just for our children's studies, but any, any of our studies, and, and Dan and I, we talked about this before, is that we want our patients to feel comfortable coming to our site. And so you're going yeah. to get this friendliness and you get this. And, and I think that one of the questions that we have written down was, um, I don't know if it's because we're Hispanics, we are a little bit more touchy. We're a little bit more feeling. <laughs> we're a affectionate person, and so then that's what one of the things that we wanted to ask was: um, you feel because that's that's part of our culture that that's maybe something that's helping us to retain our patients because that's one of the things we do. We we might not be 100 person enroller every study. But the ones that we enroll, we get them there to the very end. So they come in and we retain all of our patients. So we're starting to get known for you know retention. you're not our retention. So I know that we take extra steps when our patients are here. Do you feel that that's something that is that we do? Definitely.
3: Definitely. definitely I think that's very important. Uh, um, if you if they understand and, like I said, they trust you, if you explain the good but also explain the bad and what's what can you expect, be realistic, of, of course, and um especially with the vulnerable or the minorities, like children, elderly, Hispanics, they come with certain fears of the unknown, of course. Um, But if they understand the language, if you go to their level and you explain to them and they gain your trust, definitely that's gonna make a difference. So um yes, I think so, especially since Latinos we always um hug and kiss. How are you? You're doing well, how's your mom? How's everything? Always I, always I come from the culture of I bendito, so everything is I bendito, I bendito. We always put in the in the other people's shoes. So, you know, and that's definitely important oh. and that's um um definitely what they're looking for, kind of involvement.
6: So we have two questions from the public. So one is Perla Alba Nunez. She's asking, how many PIs does Topaz uh, have and are they all bilingual? Uh, yes, yes, all of our PIs are bilingual.
2: We
1: have, what's it, at like five, four. Oh. Bringing, we might bring in one more. Well, we're hoping to bring one more. So we're all bilingual. We have five different doctors different practices, they, they, you know, we have emergency room, family medicine, hopefully, OBGYN, BYN. Wow. Um, um, so psych, so and, uh, psych family, family, right? practice. family practice. So, so we're, you know, we, I believe two of them are coming in with experience, clinical research experience. The other ones don't have that experience, but um, I think um, also what we do is when I submit my naive research PIs, I attach my CV to it. So I think that that was one of the important things. But what I also do is if Dr. Gutierrez doesn't have experience in a certain um, um, part of research, then what I do is I add her on as a sub-investigator for this coming up study. So now that's given her the experience. She's exposed to the protocol. She's exposed to the patients. She can come and see patients that need it. Or just the fact that she's exposed to that and we can add it onto her CV. Now that gives her experience. And then the next opportunity, because I believe when we brought in the diabetes study, the very first study, who came in as a sub investigator, she came in as a sub investigator. And it was also because she wanted to make sure that this was something she wanted to do. And um, so she came in as a sub I. Um, once that study was over, it was like, Dr. Guterres, do you want to submit submit you as a PI? And she was like, Well, let's do it. So we did. We <laughs> threw her name out there. And so I mean, Nothing that's so, so that's, that's kind of not even mean, I forgot what the question was. But anyway, Yes, they are bilingual. <laughs> yes, but all of our PIs are bilingual. Um, we do have a diverse staff, and I think that yes. that's what we talked about. We have a diverse staff. Um, you know, we, we have, um, we're trying to bring in Creole population. We're trying, you know, we're trying to bring the Hispanic population here. We're trying to bring English-speaking population. But we do have a diverse t- staff. But what we wanted to do was to make these different was to be a bilingual staff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, a bilingual site. Because of the lack of research sites that had no one. I mean, the studies, maybe you had staff working there that spoke Spanish. All of the studies were only in English. So Mm -hmm. you didn't have any Spanish informed consent forms. And that's something that we immediately told the sponsor. You have to provide us with Spanish. One of them provided us also with Creole. So we have to have Spanish consent. We've had some some studies that have come back to us and say, well, we're going to put you on hold. And I know it's because they don't want to give us a Spanish consent and we're okay with that because we don't we need to bring everything that comes here has to be both in english and in spanish
5: because that's the, standard the key yeah that's the key
4: yeah yeah <laughs> and actually ask i do have a question on that do you feel that that's still continues to be a big barrier right now 2021 compared to when you started is it do you see that it's changed? Because I know you said um, you won't take on the study pretty much if you don't have the Spanish, but there are studies that just won't provide it. Um, I think we
1: just got put on hold for one of them because I think we don't want to provide us a Spanish and we're like, that's fine, we'll move on. And then that same day we got put on hold, we got another study <laughs> yesterday evening. So um, um, I think there has been a change um, even within this past year. Yeah. I think within it's this not- past year, 2020, yeah. I think we are making a difference somehow in the industry, because we're seeing where, you know, it wasn't much of a push for Spanish, and we all know they need a diverse population in clinical research. Okay. We know that, the sponsors know that they need that data, and I think we are making waves somehow, because I see there's a different attitude between 2019 and 2021. No, I think the people that are coming up to us now, they're like, oh, no problem. No problem. Yeah, you know, much that. yeah. And much it's, it's it's mostly positive. But one came back to us and I, and we worked with them in the past and it was a problem trying to get that Spanish consent from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else I think that we're getting, it's like, no problem. No problem. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. we immediately say we have the population that you need. But we let them know. We know that you guys need. Hispanic population, we know you need the minority data, we know you need that. They're not saying it because they probably just can't say straight up, we need minorities in clinical research. So we don't need for them to say it, we immediately say we know that you need minorities in clinical research, and we have that group. Yeah. And That's what we're trying to reach out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, you guys know me a bit, I, I'm pretty honest about how I speak and how I say things. And I'm the same way with the sponsors. I mean, I don't, you know, and if it comes for us, And if it's our study, it's gonna be our study. And if they don't want to work with us, that's fine too. You know, it's probably a blessing for somebody else and not for us. So
4: yeah. And and just and just to clarify, because I know you mentioned that. So pretty much if you don't have the Spanish consent, you are not going to be able to recruit for that study in your community because that's how many Spanish speakers you have, correct? And a lot of conditions you work on, right?
1: We have a um I mean, we have a large English speaking population that's participating. I mean, it's a mix. I think it's it's part of of Florida. There's a mix of everybody. Mm -hmm. So I mean, because we've had some studies that yeah, we put in the Spanish consent, we didn't get a single Spanish speaker. Mm -hmm. Or if we did get the Hispanics, they all spoke English. So Mm -hmm. we just consented them in English, they wanted to be consented. So we had, but we want the option. Mm -hmm. Um, We're literally right now in a part of, uh, of Florida. Where Orlando had the largest amount of traffic, literally where our office is now, it's, it's double the amount of traffic, meaning there's a huge mm. Hispanic population. This, there's such a big growth in our area, um, which has been great for us because I think we're, we've gotten to the point where we're in a great location now, uh, yep. which was what I looked at when I first opened the site. And... <laughs> um, and um, and in, in, we can now sit there and say, we need this, we want this. We're going to work with you. We're not going to work with you. And, and bottom line is there's more than enough for everybody. And if it's not meant for us, it's not meant for us. And we don't worry. We just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do want to have the options that if there is a Spanish speaker walking in that door, then they can participate in any of our studies.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I agree. We, we have to, I mean, we have to push and push and push because mm-hmm. the, the industry truly needs the diversity. But they don't really doing the effort, making the effort. And, and, and if we don't push them, <laughs> they right. won't do it. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's, that's part of our responsibility as being a bilingual uh, community
4: yeah Mm -hmm. and I and also just because we have diverse communities doesn't mean they all speak English and I think that's the one thing that a lot of CROs and sponsors don't understand just because we have a large like in my community Hispanic patient population depending the condition like Alzheimer's studies I can't take on an Alzheimer's study in English it has to be Spanish or I have to decline that Um, but just you know they're depending what the diversity is in your community that means there's different people that speak different languages not just English and I think that's the one thing that the sponsors are not getting <laughs> still. Yeah.
3: Even if the population can speak Spanish, I mean, it's English, I mean, you're going to have situations where they feel more comfortable mm-hmm. understanding in Spanish, and you need to, you know, meet them at their level of like, where they feel comfortable, <laughs> right. exactly. you know, because this is our health. So yeah, I mean, regardless, they need to, they need to meet in the middle, right. And,
1: and we've yeah. had patients like that, that come in that, they're like, no, no, yo quiero todo en español, everything in Spanish. Yes. And I'm like, Dr. Yeah. Gutierrez, sit down and talk to them. So she'll talk to them in Spanish and Spanish. And then, you know, Christy comes in who speaks English and she'll start saying things. They're like, yes, no. Yes. We're like, wait a minute. You understand what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm more comfortable in Spanish and everything else. So, so you know, they have those options. We're, yes. we're at least providing those mm-hmm. comfort level to make those patients feel comfortable. So, yeah. Oh, it's just great having her here. I think we had a couple of other questions that we were going to um,
0: ask her. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you first, before we forget, okay, <laughs> retention. Marjorie and Carla, <laughs> I talked to you guys for like an hour last week or two yeah. weeks ago. When was that? Maybe a month ago. Who knows anymore? No. <laughs> like uh, Thank you, Dan. <laughs> retention. Okay, you guys are known for retention, especially on a couple of studies. Um, and I think sponsors find that more important than um, recruitment because they need the data. I mean, I know now that I'm looking at Biotech to invest as a amateur investor, I see FDA saying, hey, you know, we're not going to accept this data. Not enough patients completed. So it's very important that's to the sponsors to have patients complete and you guys are winning awards for this. How are you doing? Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I was just saying it's it's it's, it's nice because we actually just uh, like we were saying we had a conversation yesterday um, where Christy actually got a call from um, from project manager who, for the for the for a study that they kind of, that they shut down on us and it wasn't um we didn't enroll like great but what we did enroll we kept we kept the patience for it and um and that was their thing they were like well we have another one coming up and they want to know what our barriers were like what it was it did it have a lot to do with the COVID and all that stuff and we're like yeah of course because we can't go to the fairs and we you know Christy explained we do a lot of outreach literally through fairs and events and things like that that's how we get our people and um and then they said what was nice is that they said we really appreciate you actually telling us what's going on and on top of it we would rather have a site that doesn't sit there and tell us they can recruit 100 patients and then maybe they screen or whatever 100 patients and all of them drop out we'd rather have a site that is moderate or can do a, you know a little bit at a time, but can keep those patients the whole way. They actually just heard this from a sponsor yesterday and they want to use us for their next study. And we yeah, were just see. like, oh, it's amazing to even hear it because you know <laughs> I always think I'm like, retention is the most important part. The studies, the, the, it doesn't even, it doesn't even get, nothing even goes past like a certain level unless they, they, they have good data. They have everything they need. And if everybody's dropping out. Yeah, the site got hundred patients. Didn't they can't keep them. It doesn't. It doesn't make a difference. In fact, they mm-hmm. lost money because they gave all this. Money. They paid all through all yeah. this stuff that they're not going to get any good data out of.
1: And I think Dr. Gutierrez definitely plays a part in that. Yes. Because when you're in the room with the patients.
3: Exactly. Um. So, uh, for me, I um, I I always get into their shoes. Okay. So if for if for me it was uh, all new, every very different, I can not imagine them trusting a loved one a child to me in something that is experimental of course and but even if it's hispanics i go i speak spanish with them i explain everything or if they're not not Hispanics, you know it's the same um you explain to them everything you know what the study is about what's the good that's gonna come out of it but the thing is that you have to make them know and aware that you're gonna be there all the step of the way. And in fact, they're gonna get uh, a more direct and more care that they will get in a, in a clinical setting because we have these follow-ups and we have the phone number and they can call us and they can, I'm gonna be there if this happens, this is what we're going to do. So we have a plan and we, we make them gain, of course, their trust because of course, they're trusting us with um, their health, of course, and with their loved ones as well. So for me, that's uh, very important, just to make sure that they understand everything. I repeat multiple times. I make sure that they are completely informed on all the process and that I'm going to be there, you know, all the step of the way. So that that definitely makes a difference. And,
1: And you do make a comment. I have noticed that what she does is to say, okay, for your next visit and the importance of the next visit. Yes. So I think that that's something that, that you do like after they're while they're leaving and they're, you're saying your goodbyes, you're like, okay, so for the next visit, we're going to do this. Don't forget, mom, it's really important for you to come back. We need for you to come back, you know, the important. So she's giving them
2: um, the information, the praise yeah. and
1: also the praise that they are participating in clinical research. And, that, I, and I have noticed that you do it and Christy do it mm-hmm. and you thank them for being here. And then you also warn them of how important it is for them to come back for their mm-hmm. next visit so so i think that's something that's that i do know that's that's helping yeah. with retention because, because they are they, they, they feel they're excited about participating in something and that you're giving them the importance of look it's really important that you're here um and and especially if it's coming from the pi
2: and i think it's important yeah. to share that with the like if you're a site like site owners or anything like that to make sure that your pi like if you're bringing on a pi that they know that that's important like yeah, like it's it's important we get patients into this study, but it's really important that we retain them because they're not going <laughs> to keep picking us or they're not going to give us another study if we can't retain the patients. And then I think if your PI knows that, your PI is like, okay, well, I got to do everything. <laughs> that does. Dr. Kateris does everything she can to talk to them nonstop about the importance, like we're saying, so that it's like that, that way they're retained in the study. And so yeah. it's just not, it's not just like screening, you know, and, and bringing in a bunch of people in the beginning and then they all drop and, you know, and every, it's, every
1: it's, PI it's that we work overcame. with has that personality. Yeah. Um, that's been important to us as a site. Mm. First of all, we all have to be compatible. We all have to be work together. We have to respect yeah. each other. And we expect that respect among each other. Um, but then we also have to be aware that what we're doing is we're important. Both. So it's not okay to have someone that comes in and says, I don't care what's going on. Where do I need to sign and go on? That's not what we want to do here because we're trying to make a difference and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to, the ground here as Hispanic owners, we're business owners. So so it's important that we all are on the same page. And that's something that we talk about from the beginning. I think that that's one of the things also that made you feel comfortable was because of the fact that I was straightforward. This is what we expect. This is going to be your responsibility. This is what you do. And trust me, we've talked to lots of doctors to say, yes, we want to do this. Yes, I want to work with you. And I send them, and I, I mentioned at the GCP training, I never hear back from them. Um, so how can, if I have to keep, asking you the very first thing that I've ever asked you was to do a GCP training. And I have to say, did you get it done? Did you get it done? What is that going to happen in the future when the PI needs to show oversight? So so we have that understanding. Um, and I, and I, think we, I think we're all we're a good group because we have this understanding with each other. And we are excited about what we're doing. So, and we're excited that she's excited. So, so yeah, and, and that we're going to do other things.
0: I'm getting questions texted to me now. Maybe Zoom's getting too crowded, or maybe you found a hack. But uh, they want to ask Dr. Gutierrez Does she find it easier to enroll Hispanic patients or not easier?
3: Yeah. Um, to tell you the truth, uh, I feel it's both ways. Uh, we've been successful with both groups. Um, I am there, of course, need me to go all the way in Spanish or do that. I haven't felt a difference for me being the principal investigator getting more Spanish speakers than non-Spanish speaking. So um, I guess it's like I said, it's, um, it's, it's the same care for both of them. If this, make them involved, uh, make them participate in the, in, the, uh, in the study as well. But um, it's, it, it's, it's actually the same for both. As long as you um, keep them in the same page, um, make sure they understand that you're gonna be there
6: and that. Okay, we have another question. Any industry association among diverse uh, PIs that you actively collaborate with?
2: Oh, any PIs that you actively collaborate with?
3: No, actually, I don't. And um, I guess um, that one—that was one of the questions. If one of my colleagues or I know somebody from
2: my. Uh, uh,
3: either pediatrics or other um, in the medicine field that are doing clinical research. And no, I, I do not know anybody. I am the first one. They ask me every time a lot of <laughs> questions and some of them once of course, they're intrigued. But no, I, I do not know anybody. Especially, okay, pediatrician. especially yeah. pediatricians.
6: Especially oh, pediatricians, yeah. Okay. So she's, she's asking if, if you collaborate with any other association that has diverse PIs. Other than uh, uh, network groups, la- besides the uh, Latinos in clinical research, any other groups you part of, doctor? No, no one. No,
2: That's just us. You no, know, just yeah. just um, not the medical society. No, no, no.
7: no. We've well, had a challenge getting a, uh, getting consent in Spanish too. What do you think is the cause of that? Do you think it's translation? And why don't some of you Spanish speakers kind of put together an IRB support service that might? Um, you know, that's mixed of not just physicians and clinical researchers, but outsiders as well to translate uh, for them, if that's what you think the,
4: the limitation the is.
7: I've seen that too. Yeah, that's what,
4: not what the issue. What do you think issue. the issue is? Yeah. It's, a, it's a sponsor. They don't want to pay for it. It's a financial it's, issue. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's a
1: cost and, because they mm-hmm. have to pay the IRB for every document that they submit. So mm-hmm. it, it is a cost. Um, they have to have a translating certified translating company, which is an additional cost. So it's all related to a cost. And I think that Latinos in Clinical Research did an interview with someone who is translating. um, um, And I think that was in one of your other videos. See, I always (laughs) promote their videos. And um, where they are working with um, translating. Um, I, I think we just, we asked somebody recently, one of the sponsors, and they said, well, if you can get someone to translate it and submit it to the IRB, we'll pay for it. So maybe it is getting to the point where we are going to find our own translating company and we're, mm-hmm. we can submit to them. You now that probably is going to be a process because of confidentiality or something like that. But bottom line is that it costs money to submit additional, any kind of paperwork. So if you're having to translate, that's a cost. Having to submit to IRB, that's a cost. I, having to have everything approved. And then. I wouldn't
7: mind picking up the translation cost in most cases. Um, and, I just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Here's the thing
1: too, Leroy. Um, we have gotten, we got a study where the documents were translated. They were by a certified translated company. I sat there and I sat page by page and opened up my English (laughs) one compared to my Spanish one. And it was completely different. There were two different informed consent forms. I submitted it back to the sponsor and they said, Oh, we've been using this for the last two years. (laughs) I said, I don't know what you've been using, but we're not accepting this form. This is not properly translated. I said the money didn't even match and the words didn't even match. I mean, it was completely different consent form. Um, but the translating company gave them a certificate. So, you know, again, Latinos in clinical research if we have Latinos working in the, with the sponsors because no one at the sponsor level spoke Spanish. So they thought that what they had translated was perfect they <laughs> submitted it to these sites in other parts of the U.S. that were literally using it, and I guess they just didn't want to bother with it. I don't understand why you would use that. Um, <laughs> but when it came to us, and we joined the study three years after they had already gone been going on for three years, and they gave me that, I was like, "No." So what they did, they took over six months to get it retranslated for us. They kept putting off our SIV. It was almost they like we were being—they oh. asked me to correct it, and I said, "You're not paying me for that." <laughs> But it was like they were almost trying to punish us. I felt like we were being punished because they would not start the SIB until that Spanish document got translated. So
2: we asked to do it in English. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do it. We said we can do it in English. We can start. We can start. Yeah. We yeah.
1: And they would not do it. They were like, "No, we want all your documents." Are you sure you want the Spanish done? And we were like, "Yes." Mm-hmm. And so it took them six months. We it gave us less than six months to enroll we did great. We brought in 10 patients that they had some sites that had been in the study for three years and could go get one or two patients. Um, we told them you guys six months to give us our translation. So I mean, it's almost like a fight. Um, but I'm seeing the attitudes changing. changing. a little. Yeah, sure, there is a change. Changing. But this yeah. was back in 2018 when this happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. we got yeah, a, a- Oh, go ahead. Trans-
4: yeah, I was going to say getting the translations is not an issue. A lot of these IRBs have that in place. They can translate. It's not the issue. It's the cost as Marjorie mentioned. If the sponsor is not going to give the okay to the IRB to translate, they're not going to translate it. We can, as a site say, we're going to translate it. I have a certified translator. I can get anything translated, but if the sponsor says, no, you can't, when you're not going to be able to use it and they're not going to approve it, then it's pointless. Um, and that still occurs on studies that we're on to this day at our site. Um,
7: it, so It might be my uh, naiveness, but it just seems like such a such a small expense Mm-hmm. In the in the grand scheme of, yes. of what a clinical trial costs. I can't exactly. believe that, uh, that that would be a barrier of any sort. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Exactly. You just said you just said we exactly a, what we all think.
2: <laughs> we all we got yeah. a
0: hand raised. Yes. <laughs> we got a hand raised <laughs> by Nick. Nick, thank you for being oh, patient.
8: Thank you, man. Uh, hi Carla. Hi. How are you guys, Major? How are you doing?
1: Okay, uh, thank you.
8: Uh, you brought up the Spanish uh, th- as far as my side is concerned uh, my coordinators uh, speak and write fluent Spanish and speak fluent English at the same time just like you guys and um, you brought up a point as far as cost is concerned. Uh, as you well know when you're doing okay. the budgets and stuff when you're, can you hear me? Yes
1: yes, yes.
8: Yeah, when you when you're doing when you're doing the budget negotiation, I think you know they, they want you to explain stuff or give an explanation for anything that you want. Uh, That's above above and beyond what they want to give. So I think uh, one of the explanations could be, and I haven't tried it. I just learned that by you. And yes, I have having problems with companies giving uh, translations to me, even though I'm not pushing for uh, translation. But I'm pushing for it in the sense that, hey, you know, it's a mixed population. Uh, the more versions I have, the better off I am. And mm-hmm. if somebody comes in and they can speak Spanish, that doesn't they should be able to understand what's written. Uh, I think, yes. but mm-hmm. in the nego- what I was getting at is that if you can justify saying, "Listen, hey, I'm only one little site, one site out of 200 sites," and you know, could you allow me to do that for this much money, or could you just do it for our site? You know, it's not going to cost you that much. So I think giving that explanation might push them over in the sense like, well, they've got a point, and it's always about, uh, you know, uh, the number of patients you get and that's another thing i can understand when you brought in 10 patients versus other people why mm-hmm. did a little bit of leverage that sounds um that doesn't sound common usually yeah. when you bring in more patients for a study you tend to get a little bit more leverage uh <laughs> you know especially if you stand out so why do you think that you didn't get any leverage from them i don't understand that was
2: previous to that was bringing in the patients yeah so that's what we said we did well with their study but they took so long so it we were like imagine if you had hadn't put us off for six months just because you didn't want us to, um, I guess, you just wanted us to change our mind. And so you took the six-month process to just get us the Spanish consent. And then we were like, you know, we brought in so many patients for you in the short amount of time while you had other sites that didn't do it as well. Um, you know, if you had just sped this up and not try to punish us for asking for it in Spanish or asking you to correct w- what was wrong on your Spanish paperwork, you know, we could have brought in more patients. Um, so you really, they really slowed us down. That's what we were, we were really frustrated with because we we're like, they really, we really could have done more um, with more time. So it was
7: a, but it's an experience
2: the- that we got.
1: We're bringing it up to sponsors yeah. now. So it's, it, 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 you know, it at that moment, it does give yeah. us leverage for other studies where we're like, look, we, we had this this incident happen, you guys going to go ahead and approve everything at the same time, you know, we want to get it all done at the same time, we have people sitting here waiting, I mean, so, so it gives us the opportunity, it was an experience that we had to have, so that we could have that leverage, but I think that it was something that helped us in the future, but not for that study. Um, not with that. So well, I'm gonna I'm gonna
8: use I'm gonna use what you said in the sense that the next time I'm negotiating for these things and, and marketing uh, supplies or whatever, you know, I'm gonna make sure that I insist that we get uh and they've gotten stingy. I also I don't know if you've noticed or not over the last year. I mean, for one study I just got literally, I don't know, maybe a hundred little pieces. I mean it's like that's not enough. And so yeah. I think they thought, well, if nobody's gonna go outside and actually give these flowers out, why order too many? So I'm just making it up. I don't know why they've gotten stingy, but I think uh, what you said about getting Spanish uh, you know, consent forms and everything else, I think is extremely important because I'm in Florida. I mean, I'm around the corner from you guys, so.
2: Okay. to hands the beach, like I said Yeah, yeah. You're right. They have gotten stingy with stuff. They've gotten stingy with stuff to pass out, information to pass out, it's pulling teeth, they get flyers, things like that, and you're like, this stuff works. If you want to use this, and if you want to use a standalone research site, you need it. We, we use it. We pass that stuff out. We go places. We do stuff with that. Um, so I don't know why they're being stingy about it. We know they've got the money.
4: Yeah. 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 And then it also depends on the therapeutic areas you're working on because aside from the consent, are they going to have to translate the patient reported outcomes? Are they oh. using an electronic diary? Is that going to have to be provided in other languages? So then it's even more costly than I'm yes. currently yes. They don't want to go through that whole process.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. about and I think, the, you know, the bigger pharmas are pro- are the ones that are the ones that have like the obviously the different translations and stuff because they're, they're international. Mm. So they'll have these translations. Mm. And they have the e-diaries of it. But we work with a lot of little pharmas, too. And so and then mm. that's what we push We're like, hey, you want to be like the big pharmas. You need to do <laughs> Spanish, too. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. important.
1: The questions from Dr. Gutierrez that we have, we had a list of questions. Well, I don't know; it's
2: <laughs> <of that. laughs> <laughs> um, um, a lot of questions. Everyone asked a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, I guess one of our other questions too is I wanted to ask the doctor because I, I talked about it the other day, and I, I didn't know if it if, if if you thought it made a difference because I know someone asked too, like, are you seeing a difference in rolling patients that speak you know Spanish speakers by being Hispanic, and I was going to say, do you think it makes a difference for the um the um, to have like the hispanic patients that are um oh yeah well that one too oh okay you think it makes a difference enrolling patients that are not hispanic when you are hispanic so, I, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. i, I
3: don't me. think <laughs> it's a difference um i have we if, it, if i were in puerto rico where i I'm, I'm born you know of course it would make a difference because we speak spanish there all the time right but here in florida um i would say this is more or less speak with it or a little bit more of the non-Spanish speaker mm-hmm. so um, I'm,
2: I'm, I don't think it's that that's, there's, a, there's really a lot of difference,
3: difference uh, in one or the other.
2: Okay and what about the staff do you think it makes a difference having a, a, a diverse staff so also that, working yes, with you and definitely. working with the patient? Yes of course so
3: when I go in the room everybody knows I'm Hispanic Latino even
2: for my <laughs> the way I look
3: or my accent or Of the words that I struggle with. But yes, definitely it makes a difference if they know that Christy is right there by my side, you know, and she can also help me, you know, make sure that we are understanding each other. And of course, if it speaks Spanish, that I'm I can definitely communicate better with them and I can explain them everything to the team, right? But it makes definitely a difference somebody else that they could identify with and make sure that they, if they need something, you know, someone that acknowledge their questions, their concerns, and maybe they don't want to exactly speak with me, they can find somebody else in the staff definitely that they could identify with. That's super important, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Lee brings up a good point. I would like to see the data on enrollment uh, speed and numbers on trials that offer Spanish consent and those that don't. I think oh, the yeah. data would support the cost. I think something, somebody like Metadata or Viva
7: mm-hmm.
0: who we're talking to, I think we'll bring that up. Yeah. Like they can, they can study this and see. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But I have a feeling it will make an impact uh, on speed and numbers. It's just math, I think.
1: I think one of uh, the things that we also brought up was um, that we are talking to people. It's, you know, cause we, as a culture, we still have that fear, right? I don't want to be a Guinea pig, thing, which we're so tired of hearing. I don't know what happened with Guinea pigs. They don't even use Guinea pigs. They use rats <laughs> oh, right. and rabbits. I mean, you know, but why the poor Guinea pig, right? So anyway, we, we still hear it. And, and it's, you know, one of the things that we're bringing to the Hispanic community, it's like, well, how much medication are you getting prescribed? That was, how many Hispanics do you think participating with participating in the studies with the, the medication that you're taking? You know, what's the data there? I guarantee we didn't have many Hispanics participating for that blood pressure medicine that you're taking, or that Tylenol that you love to take. I mean, what's the data there, right? So we as Hispanics, that eat different that have a different way of, 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 of just DNA, everything is just different. We need to have that data included in future medications. So, I mean, that's something that we kind of bring in. And also to let them know, you know, it's important to to be a part of clinical research. And I think someone was asking, um, I think you guys posted on your Instagram. It was like, do you see a difference in clinical research? Um, gosh, I forgot where I was going. Do you see, like, the difference in, in clinical research? Um, Not that's good, Mama. In clinical research. Okay.
2: Okay, you oh, have my like,
1: going on. Um, you see a difference in Hispanics wanting to participate in clinical research, and we know that if we let Hispanics know that they're being a part of something in the future, you're being part of, of what's important. And hopefully the medications that you're taking as a Hispanic person that eats totally different than someone who is from another part of the world or you know we have different ways of eating and how medication affects us, you know we need to be a part of that, and we need to be a part of that data in future medications and um I think some people you know that that that's um opening ground, and the fact that we had covid and the fact that everybody's participating in the biggest clinical research study right now um you know that that has opened people 's eyes to participating in clinical research asking questions at least especially in his in the hispanic community I think I mean we still have those barriers where people are coming back and they're saying. Pigs. And I think I mentioned to them, we had a, a, an association close to us that literally was talking horrible things about us saying that we're ex- experimenting on their kids, that we're going to experiment, we're going to do all these things to them. And um, you know, I had to call them and shut it down um, and let them know that that is unacceptable because you're misinformed. So yeah. I mean, as much as they were saying all this misinformation, I even told them, it sounds like you have a lack of education in clinical research. I'm willing to go out there and talk to you about clinical research. <laughs> this is going to stop you from saying, giving out this misinformation, especially to the, the Hispanic culture. You know how we all are. We talk and talk and talk and we pass it on. We won't call you straight up and ask you, but we'll see what, you know, Abuela said or what Tatia said or whatever said instead of. So, so it's very important to stop that, um, like, right. that misinformation out there, too. So we it's important that we become leaders in that we are giving the correct information about clinical research let me get off my soapbox guys <laughs> yeah. any questions any more questions for Dr. Gutierrez
0: who's got questions let us know hey you guys can...
1: always want a PI on here <laughs> this <is the> chance.
0: <laughs> my question is I want your ad that you found yes. her I want the word for word so I can post it in Yuma, Arizona when I move. And you know,
2: it's, it's, and, and sometimes we post these ads and I'm like, I've, in my head, I'm always expecting like a huge response too. So when we do get them though, it's like, yay. And we, you know, we call them and stuff, but our ads are always really like the doctor said, it's really like we're, we're willing to take the time to to train and go over it with the doctor because if you can find a good doctor that's going to, it's going to make a big difference in your site. Oh, and I think a lot of the sites don't, you know, a lot of sites don't want, want that. They want a doctor with the experience already with the, you know, with all the stuff and then they're coming with everything already ready for you. And, which is uh, great. and yeah. which, if you can get it, that's great. Um, but if you can't, then you gotta, you know, if you, if you want to find a good one that it, you might be able to, to, to train properly and everything too, and the way you want it ran at the site, um, post, like we post, I literally post it like no experience needed. <laughs> as you are
5: yeah, you need it I Chris. think you need some kind of experience I think you need some kind of experience uh, no, as a, no yeah, experience in, in clinical, clinical research. research as a clinician yeah. yes
2: as a doctor obviously yes. as a doctor yes, <laughs> yes but, but, we but as far as clinical uh, research we, they, we we're willing to train and go over everything in clinical research, as much as the doctor would like to know.
1: And, um, and I think also what we've also noted, because I mean, we, we want to give people the opportunity to get into clinical research, right? Because you still hear that a lot. It's so hard to get into clinical research, it's so hard to get into clinical research. And we're like, we want you to get into clinical yeah. research, come and visit us. So you know, we, we try to have our doors open that if you really are interested, but again, if you're really interested, which knowledge. means you have to, you know, you bring value to the site you know, we're, we're willing to be here and we're willing to help you out and we're willing to at least set you in the right direction. Um, but, you know, you have to put your part. I mean, it, it, it's important that we also open the doors to people who have an interest in clinical research. And and I think the, the biggest thing is um, opportunities are there for all of us. I mean, it's I know that sometimes in our industry, we get like, oh, I don't want those people to get that study or they're too close to my office or anything like that. And, you know, the opportunities are out there. This is a growing... Um, industry It's been growing for 20, 30 years, but we still feel like we're still growing. Um, and we still have way more to go, and, and especially to get the information out to people. I mean, that, like Dr. Gutierrez said, I mean, there's no pediatricians that, that she knows, and you know, she knows a lot of people in the area, and no one is involved in clinical research. So it's like, what, what do we need to do to get that information out there to get more people to participate?
3: And the other misinformation is about the time they feel if I don't have time to do this how I'm going to have time to also include the clinical research you know because if they're like me they're thinking I'm going to have to do everything I have to learn new things so they're not going to be able to get involved mm-hmm. because probably they're they have the fear of I can't get any more work so um, I can't get any more work that that I already have in my hands you know so that's another misinformation too yeah
1: and I mean, and also going back to the ads, I mean, Carla also now when we do advertise now, I mean, at the beginning, yeah, it was like, please come as, as, <laughs> as you want. But when she does her ads, she's very precise on what exactly we're looking for. So if you are not meeting that, don't, don't answer us. Um, because we had, um, we, we were looking for nurse practitioners and that was another thing. We had some, we, we have two great nurse practitioners that are working with us who were looking for that opportunity to get into clinical research. But I remember two years ago, no one would even answer our ads. And I don't know if we kept getting answers from all over different people. And we were like, no, we don't need that. We need a nurse practitioner. Um, then her last advertisement that she put out, it was like, I need this, this, this. I need you to do this. this, this. I mean, it was so precise. And we had about 70 people respond. Um, and the ones that we picked out are amazing. And, you know, and everyone met exactly the criteria that we were looking for. And also that interest to want to be in clinical research and everybody, you know, they're, they're so excited to be a part of everything that we're doing here.
2: I think it's like, um, I think it's a business and a site too. Like uh, it, it's making a difference right now um, because there's, because there's been so many people that have been laid off and all that stuff or just businesses being closed yeah. and stuff. I know we've talked about this before that it's like, they're looking now is the time to, if you are looking for PIs and stuff to look because they're looking for an opportunity to, to make some money. Because they lost a lot of money now for this past year. So now is the time to kind of um, maybe take advantage of looking for PIs and stuff.
1: Get the word out there and, and, and open the doors and give them the opportunity. Or, or just to even have the conversation about, you said about the, uh, the time misconceptions. The mm-hmm. fact that they think that they're going to need to be here 30 hours a week. And, and that's not what we do at all. Doctors come as needed. So that's how we're able to have different doctors is because of the fact is that everybody has a job. Everybody has a different job. Everybody's doing different things in their lives. And as your patients are coming in, as you're needed, that's when you come to our site. Um, When I need you to do oversight, when you need to review documents, I mean, that's when you're when they're here. So it frees them up to do so many of the other things that they want to do as, as 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 doctors.
0: I think Nick had a question. If anyone else has a question, we can do like one more question, then I'll stop recording and we can do uh, like a mixer. I'm in a clubhouse mode, and that's what we do on Friday nights on a clubhouse. That's
5: always
2: done. Yeah, if you learn on it, y'all need to go. It's really awesome. (laughs) We're
1: Android guys. We're Android here. Eventually,
0: eventually,
5: eventually. (laughs) He always (laughs) says
1: somewhere. He
5: always says somewhere.
0: (laughs) That's right. But Nick, Nick, did you have a question? You're You're on mute.
6: mute. Nick, you're on mute. (laughs)
8: <laughs> can you hear me yeah
2: yes.
8: yeah it wasn't a question it was a comment uh, from a uh, pi that's uh, that uh i think it, it's important or it's um it's easier for the doctor to go out there and talk to the doctors uh, to get their attention uh i found it even as a doctor now after covid uh you have to be a dragon to cross their their clinical moat, so to speak, you know, their castle. So I've done uh, I've done all kinds of tricks. For example, I'll just call the hospital. And I'll say it's a doctor, to a doctor, so and so doctor, and it's a, it's a you know it's a it's a private patient. So I'll get in that way. Um, but the thing is, what I'll do is I'll uh, there's three things. Number one, the doctors are concerned about when I go out there and, and woo them, and, and I've got I've, I've got a pretty good portion of doctors out there that I've got contracts with. Uh, for NDAs and um, and for uh, being uh, investigators, sub-investigators. and what they what the first thing they look at is, am I going to get paid? Number one. The second thing they look at is, you know, I don't want any more liability. So as an investigator, uh, as long as you do the CTAs correctly, uh, you know, they can be indemnified also. But in reality, since they're not really giving the medicine and they're not really doing all that stuff, unless they're primary or if the primary is missing or the principal is missing. Um, they don't have that much liability. Um, I usually use them for procedures or as sub-investigators for the study. And so when you go out there and you woo these doctors, um, like I said, and you're also right about the fact that uh, their uh, primary care incomes are down by anywhere from 20 to 30% on the average. And there's been a little bit of you know, turmoil. And, and yes, I think uh, now is a good time for them to expand their portfolio. So that's something that they are interested in. So, you know, those are the things that, they're, they're, that they fear is, again, how much work am I going to do? You know, how am I earning this money? And basically they get paid for the referral, you know, for chart review and stuff like that as an investigator because they do have to go through their database. Uh, like uh, Marjorie, you know, you make them do the, you know, the GCPs and you make them do this and that. You know, I make them go through their database. So it's a lot of people send their monitors to go through databases, but I make them go through it. So, you know, I think it's a, I think they deserve to get paid in that sense. So they're all, so basically my comment was that the doctors, when you try to woo them, the first, you know, most of them are actually working. They don't want to do anything else because they're used to that. So when they have to step outside of their comfort zone, you know, you have to tell them exactly what they're going to do. Starting off by having them refer a patient and getting paid and not have liability is a good start. Yep. And after a certain amount of time, you can just text them and say, hey, I want these patients. And you need to be a sub by for so and so, and you don't have to advertise anymore. So you've got you can expand your patient base that way, and um, you can reel in gently the doctors if you address those issues, whether it's an advertisement or whether it's person to person. That's my comment.
2: No, and you're. I think you're right, Thank doctor, because we've, we've we've experienced that too. That we've had. Uh, we actually had another long ago where we had Christy. She was going to a. Um, a dermatologist, our, our our nurse, you know, over and over and over and over, on behalf of Dr. Gutierrez. Dr. Gutierrez went in one day. And they were like, "Ah, oh, Dr. Gutierrez, come back here." So it makes it makes a difference. It does make a difference in your right with the doctor communicating with the doctor. Um, and so that's what we're lucky to have a doctor that is you know willing to do that part. Um, because in some of them, yeah, they're like, well, you know, she said, let me just stop by. Hold yeah. on. And
1: she literally walked in and said, hi, I'm Dr. J. Yes, please come back. Come
2: back. So, <laughs> like we've been trying forever. <laughs> yeah. So it does, you're right. It does make a difference. And so that does make it a little harder for us. Um, we're trying to do it versus like you being a doctor and going, that's 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 kind
8: of that's kind of unfair because you know i'm not as pretty as she is so
0: (laughs) (laughs) there you go dr gutierrez more work (laughs) just when you thought just when you thought it would be okay more work
8: Another another thing that i do is i will i will aggressively chase their connections Mm -hmm. so if i know a pediatrician you know or if i know for example who, who did i do recently oh one of my gis she's very active in my in my Participation, I said, Hey, do you know a pulmonologist personally? Do you know an ophthalmologist personally? Do you know a surgeon personally? Do you know? So I got those names down and I said, Hey, I'm calling for so and so. Dr. So and so referred me to you.
2: Yes, yes.
8: That's all I have to say. So, you know, uh, trying to, to, yeah, (laughs) getting getting that first one in, the second one in. And then once they feel comfortable with you, then you say, Hey, do you know some other physicians that might want to participate? So that's another thing that I use and it works very well. That works the best actually. Thank you. Thank so you. So we'll
0: we'll stop recording and then we can do the mixer if you guys feel Wait. like it just you can unmute